What's up, New York? You're listening to the Empire State Conservative Network Podcast. Hey guys, this next segment is brought to you by the Blackhawk Group. Blackhawk Group offers an unparalleled customer support service combined with top-level classroom installations and equipment servicing. They have years' worth of experience in this field, experience that is unmatched by competitors anywhere. Learn more about Blackhawk Group at www.blackhawkgroupllc.net. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Empire State Conserve Network podcast. This is Pete, and on today's show, we're going to be discussing how New York City is edging towards financial disaster, how one of the proponents of Believe All Women during the uh, Chief Justice Kavanaugh hearings, 2020. 2020 Democratic presidential candidate and New York Senator Kirsten Gillibrand swept their sexual harassment claim under the rug for one of her staffers, and how science says liberals, not conservatives, are the ones that are psychotic in a study that was interpreted very wrongly back in 2012. Before we get into any of that, first of all, if you're new to the show, welcome. The Empire State Conservative Network podcast is for New York-based conservatives who are sick and tired of being neglected by local and state politicians, who are also sick and tired of being ostracized by friends, family, and co-workers for thinking differently than they do about politics, about life in general, mainly because they're jealous that you're right and they're wrong. Now, let's talk about New York City. And in a piece in the New York Post written by John Adam Byrne, New York City is careening closer to all-out financial bankruptcy for the first time since Mayor Abraham Beam ran the city more than 40 years ago, experts say, as tax fleece businesses and individuals flee en masse and city public spending surges into the stratosphere, financial analysts say Gotham is perilously near total fiscal disaster. Long-term debt is now more than 81 thousand one hundred dollars per household and mayor bill de blasio is ramping up to spend as much as three billion dollars more in the new budget than the current 89.2 billion dollar budget quote the city is running a deficit and could be in a real difficult spot if we had a recession or a further flight of individuals because of tax reform said milton Ezradi, chief economist of vested new york is already in a difficult financial spot but it would be in an impossible situation if we had any kind of setback he also said. De Blasio has detailed $750 million in savings for the preliminary fiscal 2020 budget, but that won't be enough to stave off bloodbath if New York's economy is hit by financial shocks, including a recession, which come which some see on the horizon, analysts warn. Governor Andrew Cuomo's preliminary budget has $600 million in city cuts in the coming year, but city spending, up some 32% since de Blasio took office, tripled the rate of inflation, may need to be cut deeper, these analysts add. The city's long-term pension obligations have escalated as well as its workforce has soared by more than 33,000 in the last five years. Other startling indicators. Number one, New York State and city are both ranked number one nationwide in state and local tax burden. Number one, nationwide. Property taxes, number two, almost half of the city's revenue are rising faster than any other revenue source. Squeezing businesses and forcing homeowners already hit by federal property tax deduction changes to relocate to lower tax states. Number three, the top 1% of New York City earners pay some 50% of Big Apple income tax revenue. Quote, New York City could go bankrupt absolutely, said Peter C. Earle, an economist at the American Institute for Economic Research. In that case, he said, the city would get temporary protection from its creditors, but it would be very difficult for the city to take on new debt. Again, we'll say this once, we'll say it a million times more. The issue with communists like Bill de Blasio, socialists like Andrew Cuomo, Kirsten Gillibrand, who we're about to talk about in a different related matter in a second, and many of the other folks like AOC, who might be really a puppet, and you think about it, and I'll talk about that a little bit later on, or maybe even tomorrow as well, 
is that they spend money like water. They either have no idea or they just don't care where the money that they're getting to fund their city, their state, and their federal governments is coming from. And that is a huge deal because as we talked about on the last show, Evan and myself this past Friday, we are $22 trillion in debt as a nation. As this article from the New York Post just pointed out, we are the number one most heavily tax burdened state and New York City is the number one most tax burdened city in the entire United States, including all 50 states. This is not promising. And the fact that de Blasio just got reelected, the fact that Cuomo just got reelected, and the fact that there doesn't seem to be a lot of hope on the horizon isn't very good. So we are looking at potential financial disaster. And everyone talks about how the economy is doing well, and it is, but it could all be a bubble. I don't like the Fed. Money conservatives, whether you're libertarian or otherwise, do not like the Fed. And we are not in dire straits. Until we can tap into benefits and entitlement programs that have been set up since the 1930s, we are going to be in big trouble as a nation. And having these people in high office, like the mayor of New York, like Governor Cuomo, does not bode well. And God forbid someone like Bernie Sanders somehow sneaks their way into the White House in 2020, we are going to be in a lot of trouble. So this is just a wake-up call. Our state and our city is hanging in the balance. People are leaving in record numbers. Alexandra Ocasio-Cortez's own mother left due to property tax burden. She could either pay 10 grand here or move down and probably get a nicer place at half the cost and only pay $600 a year in property tax as opposed to 10 grand up here. Hmm, I wonder where most people are going to go. My parents, who have lived in New York their entire lives, from the time they were born up until now, both are about 60 years old, are thinking of leaving or at the very least being snowbirds and living down in Florida long enough so that they are not taxed from New York. They are instead taxed, aside from their property taxes, if they were to keep a property up here. They would be taxed in terms of their income and other means down in Florida for the most part, which would save them tons of money every single year. So we need to take the state back. Leaving is not going to solve the problem. It might for my parents, it might for Alexandra Ocasio-Cortez's mother, but people bring their voting records with them. And if they're ignorant, they don't know a lot about politics, and they head to low tax or no, no income tax states like Texas, like Florida, like many other, and like, not many, like very few others in the union, then eventually they're going to turn blue. I'll say once, I'll say it again. Andrew Gillum almost won the governorship of Florida. That would have been really bad. Stacey Abrams almost won in Georgia. That would have been very bad for them. Ted Cruz hung on by the skin of his teeth to be Beto O'Rourke down in, down in Texas. And Beto O'Rourke is, he hasn't quite proclaimed that he's a socialist, but he's damn close to being one if you look at the policies that he's proposed. So a lot of dangerous people are moving up the ranks in states where just four years ago, you would have thought they'd have no shot whatsoever at climbing the ranks and getting as many votes as they did. So it's already getting tight in those states. And that's why it's all the more important that we take back this one. New York is ranked 50th out of 50. So dead last in the United States in terms of economic freedom, according to the Cato Institute. They measure this every two years. With what's passed through this blue legislature and with Cuomo getting his third term just in the first few months of the year, it doesn't bode well that when they re-examine everything at the end of 2019, at the end of this year, that they're going to find very much. But that just goes to show what these socialists and what these blue states are all about. And 
we're not doing well financially. And if they ever want to get back to that point, they need to cut regulations. They need to cut taxes on everyone. That is the only way because the rich, much to their chagrin, pay the bulk of income tax in this country. Even if they're cutting corners and using crony capitalism, all the BS that they spew, they're still paying the vast majority in income tax. If they leave, guess who gets that tax burden? We do. The middle and the lower classes in this state. We can't allow it. That's why we need to stand up and fight in 2020. But I wanted to bring that to your attention because that's not a good sign. If New York City is spending more money than water, if they're spending 30 plus percent more than they were prior to de Blasio taking office and no end in sight, we're going to be in trouble when and if a recession hits. And look, it's just basic economics. The economies rise and they fall and they fluctuate. And we're in a very good rise period right now. But eventually... That's going to taper off, and it might be this year, it might be in a few years, it might be 10 years down the road, we don't know. But eventually, if we don't get this under control as a city, as a state, as a nation, then we're going to be in trouble. And New York is the most vulnerable state in that regard, in both respects, in terms of budget. Now, let's get into Kirsten Gillibrand. The woman, if you recall, during the Justice Kavanaugh hearing saying, believe all women. She was one of the big proponents of me, too, that we have to believe all women when we do investigations. But when it comes to sexual harassment with members of her own staff, it doesn't really matter. So let me read you a little article from the Daily News, which is the polar opposite of the New York Post in terms of its spin. So New York Post is obviously more right-leaning, Daily News more left-leaning. A former employee of New York Senator Kirsten Gillibrand left her job last year after she says a sexual harassment complaint she submitted was not sufficiently addressed. The female staffer, who worked as an aide to Gillibrand, left her job less than three weeks after she claimed to the senator's office that a male employee had made pol- multiple unwanted advances and uttered misogynistic comments in the workplace, according to Politico, also a left-leaning news source. The woman, in her mid-20s, asserted in a letter to Gillibrand last August that she was leaving due to, quote, how poorly the investigation and post-investigation was handled. She said, and I quote as well in the letter, your office chose to go against your public belief that women shouldn't accept sexual harassment in any form and portrayed my experience as a misinterpretation instead of what it actually was, harassment and ultimately intimidation. The woman's identity has been kept private as it should be. Gillibrand, a candidate in the 2020 presidential race and vocal supporter of the Me Too movement, defended the investigation. She said, and I quote, as I have long said, When allegations are made in the workplace, we must believe women so that serious investigations can actually take place, we can learn the facts, and there can be appropriate accountability. That's exactly what happened at every step of this case last year. I told her that we loved her at the time, and the same is true today. The male aide accused of sexual harassment is identified by political as Abbas Malik. He remained on Gillibrand's staff following the first investigation, though Gillibrand's office said it did find he had committed unprofessional behavior that led to him being disciplined. He was let go last week following a new probe. In a statement by Gillibrand's office, they said, and I quote, Recently, we learned of never-before-reported and deeply troubling comments allegedly made by this same individual. So the guy who sexually harassed this woman, allegedly. The office immediately began another investigation and interviewed relevant witnesses, which has led to the office terminating the employee from staff, last week. Politico said it brought additional reporting to Gillibrand's team. Yeah, and something popped up. Excuse me. Okay, you get the gist. So, long story short, Kirsten Gillibrand, again, one of the main 
female vocal supporters of believing all women that Blasey Ford is telling the truth even though she had absolutely zero evidence and then after the hearings had been discredited by an ex-boyfriend and the woman that she claimed uh, had witnessed this she had also trained to enter the FBI I believe I got that correct if not it's another woman but she said she had never told anybody how to pass polygraph tests she taught a member of the FBI how to do just that so she lied under oath she's a bold-faced liar, Kavanaugh had way more evidence that he did not commit the act than she had evidence that he did. And this was a huge spectacle. Obviously, it was just a political ploy to try and make sure that he wasn't appointed. And it was a stupid ploy because had they actually gone after his judicial record, they may have actually had a shot. But I digress. The point of the matter is that Kirsten Gillibrand is a hypocrite. They fired this guy only after this resurfaced, after this woman went public to play pieces, places like Politico, because she was very unhappy with how the investigation went. And look, just because a claim is filed as sexual harassment or worse conduct doesn't mean that it happened. But that said, this man apparently had been deemed that he had, had unprofessional behavior, he was suspended for a time, and then a second investigation miraculously finds that he was terminated. He was probably terminated because regardless of the facts, this went public and because of what she had said during the Kavanaugh hearings, this could not be um, put out into the public. Still was, thank God. And by, like I said, two left-leaning news sources, the New York Daily News and Politico. So the fact that this is being reported on the left just shows the hypocrisy of Kirsten Gillibrand. Again, aside from Hillary Clinton, Chuck Schumer, Nancy Pelosi, other establishment politicians who are a million years old, Gillibrand in just 10 years in public office has flip-flopped on just about every issue known to man. And this is just another example of the hypocrisy by her and many members of the left when they talk about social and economic justice and racial justice and all this other bullcrap. And yet story after story and, and event after event shows that they're Full of it. She is full of it. Obviously, she is nowhere near being a front runner in the presidential race. I'm sure she drops out very shortly once the campaign season really hits up. But just goes to show, she even lied to her constituents, which when it was a clear issue, are you actually going to run for president? Because if you are, we should vote someone else in who's actually going to take the time to actually be a senator for the state of New York. She said, I am not running for president. Less than a couple months later, I'm running for president. She is a liar and this is just another, again, another example of a woman who will say anything to get on the scene, to get airtime for her narcissism, and at the end of the day, she's just a crony politician. You know, they talk about that on the left, or in actuality, the vast majority of them, they talk a big game, but when it comes time to walk the walk and back it up, they do absolutely nothing. This next segment is brought to you by Items for All Occasions. Items for All Occasions specializes in helping you sync up with what you need for your event's promotional needs. Whether it's announcements, cards, giveaways, invitations, tchotchkes, or video books, they have you covered. Learn more about Items for All Occasions at www.itemsforallocasions.com. And then our last story of the day brought to you by a study that was conducted in 2012 and was extremely wrong in its findings, whether it was wrong or intentionally misinterpreted, I don't know. But 
In a headline from the New York Post, science finds liberals, not conservatives, are the ones who are psychotic. So I'm going to read this quickly to you. So it turns out liberals are the real authoritarians. A political science journal that, pub- that published excuse me, an oft-cited study claiming a conservatives were more likely to show traits associated with, quote, psychoticism, now says it got it wrong. Very wrong. The American Journal of Political Science published a correction this year saying that the 2012 paper has, quote, an error, and that liberal political beliefs, not conservative ones, are actually linked to psychoticism. Gee, that's very difficult to figure out. You need a study to, t- to determine that. The journal said in the startling correc- correction, quote, the interpretation of the coding of the political attitude items in the descriptive and preliminary analyses portion of the manuscript was exactly reversed. The descriptive analyses report that those higher in async psychoticism are more conservative, but they are actually more liberal. And where the original manuscript reports those higher in neuroticism, social desirability are more liberal, they are in fact more conservative. In the paper, psychoticism is associated with traits such as tough-mindedness, risk-taking, sensation-seeking, impulsivity, and authoritarianism. That's pretty much the democratic platform in a nutshell. The social desirability scale measures people's tendency to answer questions in ways they believe would please researchers, even if it means overestimating their positive characteristics and underestimating negative ones. The erroneous report has been cited 45 times according to Thompson Reuters' Web of Science, Brad Verholst, a Virginia Commonwealth University researcher and a co-author of the paper, said he was not sure who was to blame. He said, and I quote, I don't know where it happened. All I know is it happened. It's our fault for not figuring it out before. The journal said the error doesn't change the main conclusions of the paper, which found that, quote, personality traits do not cause people to develop political attitudes. But Professor Stephen Ludeke of the University of Southern Denmark, who pointed out the errors, Denmark, Democratic Socialist's favorite place, told Retraction Watch that they, quote, matter quite a lot. He said, quote, the erroneous reports represented some of the larger correlations between personality and politics ever reported. They were reported and interpreted repeatedly in the wrong direction. So, again, whenever they talk about this type of stuff, if you look at any studies comparing liberals and conservatives in terms of other traits outside the scope of politics, it tends to find the conservatives are, exhibit bad behavior, bad social traits, and that liberals do good ones. Thank God this came out. And it's good that this came out, and it's found in other studies too, but this is just the most recent one, because conservatives, for the most part, they have a deep sense of purpose, whether you're religious or not. It doesn't matter. You believe in the individual. You believe in limited government and the power of the individual to run his or her life. And that is ultimately what this battle in our country right now is coming down to. The left the Democrats, and really, they're socialists now. There aren't too many real Democrats left that you can have a conversation with. They want total governmental authoritarian control. They want to tell you how to live, what to spend your money on, what you can't spend your money on, what methods of transportation to use, what types of energy you can use, how much of all of this. That's what they want. They want to control your lives. They want to make you dependent on them for a paycheck, for your well-being, for everything, because in every socialist country, Venezuela being the perfect, most recent example of a failed socialist state, if you give all the power to the state, the people will quickly suffer. 15 years ago, Venezuela was a haven in South America. It was the richest country in South America. And it makes a lot of sense why it was the richest country in South America. It has the largest oil reserves in the world. Not in that region, in the world. And yet, they had electrical outages that killed 17 neonatal babies uh, in, in intensive care in a hospital that lost power. Why? Because the government 
despite again having the richest and most highly um highly profitable oil or should be highly profitable excuse me oil reserves in the world was not able to make deliveries in time therefore they couldn't fund electricity for places like hospitals this is what happens when the state takes total control and runs things this is why we need to prohibit people like AOC like Ilhan Omar like Rashida Tlaib and other people who are crazy <laughs> that have either gotten into Congress gotten into positions of power or are aspiring to get to those state places out and it's no more important than it is in New York State, tying this all together, going back to the beginning, both New York City and New York State are the number one most tax burden place in the United States. 50th out of 50, according to the Cato Institute, in terms of economic freedom. That means if you're a small business, the amount of in taxation and in red tape you have to walk through just to be able to do business in the state is appalling. Property taxes across the state are going through the roof. Income tax at the state and local level going through the roof. And they blame the federal um, deductions as a result of this. The only reason that we are taxed so heavily is because of our state and local taxes. If you lived in a place like Florida that has zero income tax, guess what would happen? You would have a reduction in the amount of taxes that you paid. So you either get less at the end of the year or you could get back more at the end of the year, depending on how much was taken out of your paycheck. I don't know. But we are overburdened and we are underserved. Time and time again. That's why we founded, founded, excuse me, geez, I can't even talk to you, Empire State Conservative Network, my, me, my, uh, me, Justin, and Evan. We founded it because we need to fight back. We started way too close to the midterms. We couldn't really get any feedback. Now, we're close to 11,000 followers in our Facebook group. We are growing and growing and growing. We've had a huge guests on already with more to come. We're making inroads. We're local GOP and Republican clubs. We're speaking at the Rights and Republican Club this coming Wednesday night if you'd like to go. And we'll have more details about that tomorrow. And in our email, if you're not a member of our email list, you'll have abilities in the group to join it so that we can send you the info for that. But we're making inroads. We're making waves. We're making connections. And that is why it's so important that you share this episode, that you share our podcast, that you share our website, that you share our Facebook group with other Empire State conservatives who may not have heard of us. Because we're not only going to bring you the issues and explain them, obviously with the conservative spin, but with New York City and New York State residents' best interests at heart. But we're also going to bring candidates to you. Maybe they're candidates that aren't top of the line in the Republican GOP ballot. And one of the reasons the, the Republican Party, that conservatives in New York State are failing at election time and why morons like Andrew Cuomo and Chuck Schumer and Kirsten Gillibrand and Bill de Blasio continue to get reelected is because they're corrupt. They're in bed with the Democrats. Establishment Republicans are worse than Democrats. The Democrats are at least coming out and saying, we want to instill socialist welfare policies. That's what we want in New York State. That's what we want across the country. And they're coming out and they're saying it. And guess what? In just a few months, the DREAM Act, the Reproductive Health Act, the SAFE Act 2, the red flag gun laws. Need I go on? It's March 11th today. And that's already what's happened in this state. Imagine. And we can't do anything about it until November of 2020. There's nothing we can do. We are screwed. <laughs> so... We have to get up, we have to get angry, we have to get out there, we have to fight. Justin, Evan, and I and myself are doing that, but it ain't cheap. We are paying to reach you. It is more than likely that the reason you found our Facebook page or our podcast or however you're tuning in is because we took out ads on that platform and we are paying to reach you. None of us are rolling in it. None of it is cheap. 
So if you can afford just a $5 monthly donation, you get this, the Empire State Conservative Network wristband, don't let fear take your freedom, it says on it, with the state logo and all that crap. You also get mailbag access. So every Friday, Evan and I do a show this Friday, Justin will be joining us, as will Vicky Palladino, who is a Republican, she runs the Whites and Republican Club, she's the president, and she will be running for office, she ran during the midterms last year, and now she's running, she's going to be running again in the near future, I believe, at least that was per our conversation this morning, and she's going to talk about some of the corruption going on in the Queen's GOP and with city Republican politicians, if it's going on there, it just metastasizes out. There are some good Republican state senators and state legislators in this state, but they're, they're few and far between. A lot of them are empty suits. They're rhinos. They're neocons, and they need to be called out, and they need to be voted out of office and replaced with people who actually care, who actually uphold conservative values, and who will actually do what needs to be done in order to take back the state. That's a $5 donation. We're also working on a platform. I'm sorry, it just keeps getting harder and harder to do, but we're going to be doing an upvote, downvote section. So we're going to propose a bunch of stories that come out that are pertinent to the state and in other areas of the state, sometimes the federal government. And we're going to ask, do you want us to talk about this? You upvote or downvote if you're a donor. That's a thing that's coming as well. And we're going to be having local chapters coming to you by this summer. So that in every county, we're going to have a chapter leader. They're going to be responsible for setting up a meeting place every month, for talking about what they can do for their specific county, for their district. And hopefully, again, slowly but surely, we can put pressure on our local and state legislators, whether they're Republicans or not, to try and take back the state. So that's coming soon as well. $5 a month to be a donor and obviously get first priority access to become a county leader and chapter leader when that comes out. If you can afford $50 for the year, so that saves you $10 a year if you do the math, not only do you get the wristband, not only do you get mailbag access, not only do you get at ability to upvote and downvote stories that we could talk about on our podcast throughout the week, and not only will you get preferential treatment to be a potential chapter leader for Empire State Conservatives, but you also get an Empire State Conservative Network hoodie. You'll have our logo on the front, name and number on the back, size is small to 5XL, so no matter how big or small you are, there's a size and a hoodie just for you. But guys, thank you so much for tuning in and listening or watching. Again, my name is Pete. Please share this. Again, please subscribe, leave a five-star review where applicable. It always helps on YouTube, iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher. And don't let fear take your freedom. Have a great rest of the day, everyone. Evan and I will come back at you tomorrow. Hey, everyone. It's Evan from Empire State Conservative Network. Please check us out on iTunes, SoundCloud, or wherever you listen to podcasts, and subscribe and leave us a five-star review. Also, check us out on Facebook at Empire State Conservatives, on YouTube at Empire State Conservative Network, on Instagram at GetRedPilledNY, and on Twitter at Empire State Cons. Also, check out our store at EmpireStateConservativeNetwork.com store for all current and future merchandise to help melt the snowflakes in your life. And as always, don't let fear take your freedom.